Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce that I'm now working on my next book. The title will be Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again for Men. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I'll explain eight of the 14 and how they specifically relate to men. And of course, I'll include my own personal fatigue story, along with four or five other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. This book should be ready later this year, so keep an eye out for it. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm very excited about this week's show because my special guest is Dr. Kimberly Sanders. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Sanders. She's a naturopathic doctor in Connecticut, and she specializes in rheumatology and autoimmunity. Her passion is finding the underlying cause of immune dysfunction and restoring balance to the immune system with functional medicine. Dr. Sanders, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Carey. How is the weather today there in Connecticut? It is hot today with a high of 91, oh. so not so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we've been waiting for, you know, after that um, snowy winter, we've been waiting for all the heat to come and now it's here. <laughs> it's here. I guess we should be careful what we wish for. Exactly. Oh, so... I'm so happy to have you on because you are an autoimmune expert, yes. and and that's what we're going to talk about today. So um, let's just start, if you can just kind of explain to our listeners about what autoimmune disease is, what are some examples of autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. and, what, and then ultimately, like, what causes autoimmune disease? Sure. So autoimmune diseases are pretty much a very wide spectrum of things. They can attack people in many different systems. So the way I describe an autoimmune disease is for a person to think about what happens when you get a virus, let's say a cold, and your immune system kicks into gear and tries to attack that virus. And then I'll say to someone, imagine if now your body thinks that you are a virus, your own tissues, your own body, your own heart, your own joints, And what would happen if your immune system got confused and started to attack yourself as though you were a virus? And that is essentially what exactly what happens with someone who has an autoimmune disease is the immune system has turned on itself. Um, So some common examples of autoimmune disease are the arthritis family, such as rheumatoid arthritis. That is probably the example that most people think of. Um, There's also different types of autoimmune in different parts of the body. For example, 
Hashimoto thyroid disease is also a very common autoimmune disease. People who are hypothyroid, but it's because their immune system is attacking the thyroid as though the thyroid was some kind of invader. And then there are also autoimmune diseases that attack the digestive system, such as Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. And even some theories, which is something that I have a sort of a subspecialty in, is how autism could also be an autoimmune disease, meaning that in these children and adults with autism, that the immune system may actually be attacking the brain as though the brain was a foreign object. So those are a wide spectrum of diseases that can be classified as autoimmune disease. And then to get to the, the last point there, what causes autoimmune disease? It's very multifactorial, meaning that there are so many things that can happen. But the current theories of autoimmune disease really point to a genetic predisposition that gets set off by some kind of environmental trigger. So what we do is we really try to find what these environmental triggers are and remove them as much as possible. So for our listeners out there, Dr. Sanders, again, she's an expert in autoimmune diseases. And actually, autoimmune diseases are considered the third leading cause of death. And there's many different autoimmune diseases out there, depending on what part of your body is being attacked. Um, You mentioned Hashimoto's. That's actually the number one reason why people end up with hypothyroidism and some some autoimmune diseases are much more serious than others but really it all boils down to uh, something that they have in common so like you said there's a there's a genetic component and then you try and find the triggers and then I've heard also that there's also a leaky gut component and that's kind of like the recipe for an autoimmune disease so can you talk about the triggers yes So that is where treating, for me, autoimmune patients is really rewarding and fun, I would say, because there are so many different triggers that can be the case for different people, and everybody's autoimmune disease is very different. So two people with rheumatoid arthritis may have symptoms that are almost identical, but through the course of knowing the patient, we find that their triggers are entirely different, and that's what keeps it interesting. Yeah, they're they're really like a puzzle. That's what I find when I see autoimmune patients, because I, like you, I love seeing autoimmune patients because it's a challenge and they're always so different. So there's no set protocol for treating somebody that has rheumatoid arthritis. There's no set protocol for treating somebody that has psoriasis. Everybody's different and it's, it's that unique puzzle that really gives us functional medicine docs, us functional medicine geeks. (laughs) yes oh that really that's what we're passionate about so yeah uh sorry to interrupt you so go ahead and talk about the triggers yeah so basic the basic i wouldn't say protocol but the basic five that i'm looking for one is definitely the the big five the big five let's call it that um the first is definitely the gut Mm -hmm. what is going on in the gut and i would say if i had to pick one of the factors that may be most common to all autoimmune patients, it is that there has to be, there usually is some kind of gut involvement. So that is really the first trigger that I'm looking for. The second are other infections, not just in the gut, but potential viral infections that may be lingering in the bloodstream, um, potentially also strep. We know with psoriasis that a a history of strep tends to be a trigger. So that's something we're looking for. Um, children with 
pandas, which is a behavioral autoimmune disease, oftentimes have uh, a history of strep. So I would say other infections would be the second most common trigger. And that could include like a tooth infection too, right? Yeah, definitely. There are a lot of studies out there now about oral dysbiosis or imbalance of the flora in the mouth, um, infections in the mouth triggering autoimmune diseases. And even sinus infections too. Yes. Lung infections, anything that has a type of cell that looks like the gut, which we call mucosa, but that really extends to the lung, to the mouth, so vaginal even, so it really is widespread. Okay, so we've got gut, and then we've got other infections. Yes, I would say next is hormone imbalance. Mm, yes, yeah. And the uh, you know common example there is Hashimoto's is very often linked to high estrogen or at least an estrogen imbalance, estrogen dominance, meaning that the levels of estrogen are not in balance with progesterone. And that tends to be something that I find fairly often. Estrogen being out of whack can also affect patients with lupus and patients with RA. So hormone imbalance is also another factor. And then I would also look at neurotransmitter imbalance and There's a growing field called neuroendoimmunology. It's a mouthful, but what it really is is the assessment of how the nervous system, the brain chemicals, are connected to the immune system. And that is something I'm also looking at in a lot of patients is how how are the brain chemicals actually affecting what's going on with the immune system. And I'm also finding that stress and anxiety and mood dysregulation definitely goes hand in hand with these patients who are so inflamed. And then the last thing would be heavy metals and environmental toxicity that has a lot of effects on the immune system, things like BPA and and GMO uh, foods that we're seeing so much more now than ever before do play quite an integral role in the autoimmune process. So when I talk to somebody and, and I'm trying to learn what the triggers are, I'm really trying to screen them and decide which of those five triggers do I think is the most important at this time. And sometimes, and oftentimes, it's not just one, it's sometimes all of them, sometimes three of them, and that's what makes it so complex. So for our listeners out there, if you have an autoimmune disease, or if you have a loved one that has an autoimmune disease, Dr. Sanders just gave us her her list of the big five triggers that she most commonly finds in many different autoimmune diseases. Now that that's just the top five. There's definitely other things, but that's really the first place to really start looking. And I would say, Dr. Sanders, in my practice, my approach is very similar to yours. So, so let's dive a little bit deeper into the gut because we're hearing so much information coming out these days about the importance of gut health the importance of healthy digestion and absorption and, uh, you know, fixing leaky gut and then all this information coming out too about the microbiome, about the bacteria that live inside of us. I don't even know if we have enough time to cover all of this, but <laughs> <That's a> whole... <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can give us the, the Cliff Notes version. Sure. So oftentimes, you know, because doctors like you and I, Dr. Carey, are so um I guess embedded in this, it just seems so common sense for us, but I have to always take a step back when I have a patient who's coming to me with joint pain and I'm trying to do a stool test on them and and remembering, okay, that's not common sense to most people. Why am I evaluating their stool when they have joint pain? Yes. So this is a very important 
thing for patients to understand about how does the gut actually have any impact on what's going on in the rest of the body. And specifically for autoimmune patients, the real key is for patients to understand that the immune system is essentially primed in the digestive system. We have an immense amount of immune cells lining the gut, and the job of those immune cells, it makes sense, is to look at the food that you eat and make sure that there's no pathogens in there, no bugs, things like food poisoning. It's, it's really just there to protect you from something you may get from the environment. That's the purpose of having an immune system so ingrained in the digestive tract. Yeah, because it's basically the outside world coming into your body, into your bloodstream, and there's got to be... Uh, there's got to be something there as a barrier to say, okay, you're good. You can come on into the bloodstream and no, you're bad. Exactly. We've got to get it's, rid of you. Yeah. It's the first toll booth, the first security gate to allow things to get into the bloodstream. Yeah. And that the majority of our immune system really is in the digestive tract. They say what, 75 to 85% of the immune system is right there yes. within our digestive tract. Yes. A huge portion. So with that understanding, it then seems to make sense that if something is wrong in your digestive system, that's how the connection occurs with the immune system. So then we get into the idea of the microbiome and what's happening with the bacteria in the gut. And what what it really comes down to is certain type of immune cell that's called a regulatory T cell. I won't get into too much of the nerdy immunology here, but Regulatory T cells do exactly what they sound like. They regulate the immune system. So when the immune system is overactive, such as in an autoimmune disease, the regulatory T cells, their job is to say, okay, that's too much. Let me calm you down. So those immune cells are increased by the presence of good, friendly bacteria. Lactobacillus, the bifido group, all of our probiotic flora, they increase the amount of regulatory T cells that we have in our gut. On the flip side, the more infections we have, if we have yeast or parasites or overgrowth of bad bacteria, those regulatory T cells come down in number, and that allows the immune system to run rampant. So it's a crucial balance between healthy probiotic flora and reducing these pro-inflammatory bad bacteria that allows these regulatory immune cells to be in good number. Then there's also the question of the leaky gut. So a leaky gut, if you think of your gut lining like a very tight fence, when you eat something, it should be digested into very, very tiny molecules that then are allowed into the bloodstream. And I'll typically describe it. Imagine now that the fence is opening up and now it's more like a chain link fence. There are these big holes. So now when you eat something, it's allowed to enter the bloodstream in a larger form. The immune system gets revved up by that. It doesn't like that. It, it doesn't like these large particles entering the bloodstream and it starts to attack them. And when the immune system gets so revved up like that, combined with someone who has a genetic predisposition to have an autoimmune disease anyway, it sets the stage for an autoimmune disease to occur. And so for our listeners out there, when Dr. Sanders is talking about leaky gut, that's a term that a lot of us in natural medicine use 
to help describe what's going on in the in the intestines. And if you if you are interested in diving deeper into the actual research, the scientific term that we use for leaky gut, the actual scientific term is called intestinal hyperpermeability. So if you go to your family doctor and you want to know more information about your digestive health, you would use the term intestinal hyperpermeability and they would have a better idea of what you mean rather than using the term leaky gut. Just a little FYI for you. <laughs> Go ahead. You can keep going, Dr. Sanders. So, yeah. So basically, we're, I was saying before about the triggers that the gut really is the primary focus for most autoimmune patients. And if in the course of talking to somebody, I, I really can't distinguish where to start. I'll always start with the gut. And there's a saying that I learned in naturopathic school um, I'm sure you've heard too, when in doubt, treat the gut. That's so, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> it, it's just it's your place to go back to because it truly does control so many systems. We talked about the brain chemicals and the, the neurotransmitter balance. The gut controls that. The gut controls the hormones. The gut controls the toxicity and getting rid of that. So again, if we're thinking that there are all of these triggers, it seems like many of these triggers might come back to the gut regardless. Yeah, so again, just using the basic functional medicine approach that everything in your body really is connected and that one of the big connections to start with is gut health. And so some of the things that you probably look for, Dr. Sanders, I bet, are infections in the gut, maybe in the small intestine or the large intestine, maybe even like food sensitivities, food allergies, maybe even something like some patients just are not producing enough stomach acid too. I've, I've seen that in my practice very often. Yes. Yes. All of those things. Um, we're looking at stool testing for the lower intestine, sometimes breath testing to evaluate the health of the small intestine, the upper intestine. And certainly I've also seen a high number of patients not producing enough stomach acid. And what that does is it allows food to enter the intestines undigested. And of course that is food then for the bad bacteria. So that can be a predisposing factor to why these infections come about. And then you brought up an excellent point about the foods. Food sensitivities and reactions are a major cause of leaky gut or at least a contributing factor to leaky gut. So again, when looking at triggers, it's very important to evaluate the food intolerances and some of the biggest culprits being possibly gluten, dairy, soy for sure. And so I know I often see it's a, it's a vicious cycle that happens. So a patient could have an infection and that can create irritation and leaky gut and that triggers food sensitivities, which triggers more irritation, which triggers, well, can, you know, cause another infection to come on board. It's real. It's a real mess. <laughs> it is. That's exactly what makes it so tricky. And so the cycle has to be broken somewhere. So usually the patients have to go through a certain period where they eliminate some things, you know, unfortunately, with the goal of healing the gut, and then with the hopes of maybe bringing those foods back in at some point. So Dr. Sanders, can you give us an example of a uh, of an, a case from your private practice, uh, a case of a patient that had an autoimmune disease, kind of walk our uh, listeners through like uh, 
uh, some of the symptoms that that patient was having, um, how you went about with uh, testing and figuring out the root underlying causes of their autoimmune disease, and then kind of talk a little bit about treatment and how they responded. Sure. So I will bring up a case of a patient. She is a 47 or 48-year-old female with rheumatoid arthritis and chose not to do any conventional medication. She had been on conventional medication for a little while and didn't feel comfortable with it. So she, in conjunction with her doctor, decided to stop and came to our clinic in hopes of finding a natural alternative. So her pain was her biggest symptom, specifically in her hands, um, but also in the feet and knees, and some swelling, red, hot, kind of joints sort of typical for rheumatoid arthritis. Fatigue was also an issue for this patient. So those were her two most prominent symptoms, really significant pain and fatigue. So in the course of my intake with the patient, I was just trying to ask certain questions to try and understand where her triggers might lie. And definitely it was pointing to digestive complaints. She's had digestive complaints her whole life diarrhea, constipation, bloating, heartburn, all signs pointing to the digestive tract. Also significant history of anxiety and depression. So again, going back to those factors of what the possible triggers are for this patient, my two major systems that I am most interested in is the digestive system and the nervous system and looking at the brain chemicals to see if the history of anxiety and depression may be impacting what's going on with the immune system and then possibly even what's going on with the digestive complaints. So for this patient, what I'll typically do for these patients is on the first visit while I'm waiting for testing to come back is just get them started on a pretty strong anti-inflammatory protocol using maybe just some different anti-inflammatory supplements and diet techniques. And for this patient, we started off with a stool test and a neurotransmitter test. So get the tests back. Patient was actually already starting to feel pretty well just on the anti-inflammatories. But the stool test showed, not a surprise, very low levels of good flora, especially the lactobacillus family, and a high level of a certain organism called Prevotella. Prevotella is an organism that more and more is being linked to rheumatoid arthritis when it's found in the digestive system. And her neurotransmitter panel showed a little bit of an imbalance um, in her adrenaline markers. So treating, we started treating with some natural antibiotics and also probiotics. I'll typically start with them at the same time. I know that's a, a little controversial. Some docs prefer to do one step at a time, but I chose with this patient to do both to try to start to eradicate that bacteria and also enhance her good probiotic flora. And then also definitely trying to work on what's going on with her adrenaline markers. That's interesting. So adrenaline is made in the adrenal gland. So the fact that she has low adrenaline, I'm thinking maybe linked to what's called adrenal fatigue. Adrenal fatigue is usually a sequelae of chronic stress. So I I did some counseling with this patient trying to figure out where her stress is coming from and And just working with her on stress management techniques, meditation, exercise, 
just basic things and and she's doing really well i have to say her anxiety is much better her joint pain is much better and her digestive systems are so much better as well just simply by eradicating this bacteria and boosting her good flora levels so for our listeners out there the approach that dr sanders used is a, a very typical functional medicine approach of sitting down with the patient really just having a great uh, conversation to take the history to learn the history of the patient to really weed out the puzzle pieces and for this particular patient it was a lot of a lot of symptoms pointing towards the gut, a lot of symptoms pointing towards the neurotransmitters and brain. And uh, and I guess one of the things that I wanted to bring up, Dr. Sanders, is that a lot of patients that have autoimmune disease, a lot of them, I, I find in my practice, some of them come in and they're on conventional medications, but they're not really feeling better and they just want to get off them and try everything natural. And then I have others that are on conventional medications and they're helping a little bit, but they're really scared and they don't want, they don't want to get off their medications at all. They actually want the best of both worlds, the best of conventional medicine and the best of functional medicine. And I guess that's a question that I get a lot is uh, that, that patients wonder, do they have to get off their conventional medications if they do functional medicine? And the answer to that is, is usually no. If a patient is on conventional medication, it's, I find, the best thing to do, let's say in a case where someone is on conventional medication already, I think the best thing to do is to use functional medicine and natural medicine, using it very safely, making sure that nothing interacts with the medication to get the person to a place where they're feeling stable and well. Because when it comes to naturopathic medicine, our number one factor when we take our oath is first do no harm. So if a patient already is in pain and they're on medication, what happens often if they just stop their medication is the pain will relapse for a certain period of time because you've removed the Band-Aid, essentially. Um, And while that seems like that may be a good thing to do maybe in the long run, the momentum starts to shift towards pain and inflammation in such a strong way that using natural medicine to stop that momentum and turn it around can be a little difficult. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what I typically say to a patient in that case is let's combine the functional medicine, the natural medicine with your prescriptions for now and just get you to a place where you're feeling great. Once you're feeling great for a certain period of time and that time frame depends on the patient, then let's have a conversation with your rheumatologist about starting to slowly cut down. So that way we're in a little bit more control of the situation. And I feel like there's a forward momentum towards healing that even though we start to pull out some medication, the body may be in such a forward motion towards getting well that it may have less of a negative impact. I love that approach. I really love that approach. Yeah. So, Dr. Sanders, we're starting to run a little bit low on time. So how can our listeners find out more about you? Do you have a website or a Facebook page that they can connect with you? Yes, yes. So the name of my practice is Arthrowell Naturopathic. Arthro, just like arthritis, arthrowellnaturopathic.com is our website. And we can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Dr. Kim Sanders, N.D., And those are some of the ways you can find us on the internet. So for those of you listeners out there that are in your car right now or out there on your bike or jogging, I'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes so that you can easily find Dr. Sanders. 
Dr. Sanders, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Kimberly Sanders. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.